Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to Adair Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Lee Charles, and we're so glad you could join us. But before we begin into the Word, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your Word that's inside of our lives, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity that we have to study it, Lord, and to learn from it. And we just thank you that you have given us the wisdom, Lord, and that you have provided your Holy Spirit who imparts wisdom to us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your son, Jesus, Lord. We just thank you that you're always with us, Lord, and that you never leave us or forsake us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so excited to have you with us as we dive into the word and I'll say continue with our study in Hebrews. We're in chapter three and we will again be covering verses seven through 15. Um, So at this time, if you... Whether you're just joining us or rejoining us, I'd like to encourage you to pause the episode and just take a moment to read that section of scripture and make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Now, after Layla gave us such a, a wonderful walkthrough on what the Holy Spirit was showing her, Charles, we're going to start with you because you also had stuff the Holy Spirit was speaking and ministering to you. So... Please take it away, sir. Ah, yes. We shall begin inside of verse 12, where it says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. And the last episode, we talked about how what he's referring to is that all things that we do inside of, our, inside of this natural earth reflect our heart. There's not one thing in which we are coerced into doing. And we see that, and Mama, you gave, um, talked about Balaam, Yes, Balaam was accountable for it because he placed a stumbling block inside of their path. But as humans, we have the decision to jump over it. Um, <laughs> that's just how the Lord reminded me of it. And there's uh-huh. something inside my path. I have the just the same right to walk into it as I have to jump over it. Mm-hmm. And there's been many instances where I've jumped over something because I didn't want to walk into it. Mm-hmm. But when we go into sin, it's yes, the person has an accountability for with God because of the part they played in setting the snare for them. Mm-hmm. But the person who ultimately walks into it themselves mm-hmm. is the one held accountable for a hunter. The deer who happens to walk inside the trap is the one accountable for his fate at that point. The trapper didn't mm-hmm. put him in there. The deer walked in. Mm-hmm. And that's how we have to understand inside of our own lives is that when the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us, we have the obligation and the responsibility to walk inside of that. Amen. It works on both sides. It's not the Holy Spirit's not gonna trick you essentially into doing what he what knows what's best for you. He's not gonna trick you into doing that. He gives you the option, but we have the same um ability that holds on the flip side. When mm-hmm. we see sin, we have the ability to walk into it. And when we see life, we have the ability to walk into that as well. Mm-hmm. But most times we just want to focus on, oh, Lord, I have the decision to choose you. But if somebody else does something, I'm I'm not held accountable for this because I have no choice, essentially. Mm-hmm. And remember, let, let's read Revelation 22, verse 12. It says, and behold, 
I, this is the Lord Jesus speaking, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So absolutely, woman had everything she needed and the responsibility and the accountability to choose to remain faithful to God. She did not have to walk into that sin. Absolutely not. And whether or not she is accountable before God has nothing to do with the serpent's accountability before God. Totally irrelevant and separate because he's looking at each one according to their own works, not according to his or Bob's works. No, Jim gets looked at for Jim and Bob for Bob, Uh right? Yes. And likewise all the way around. So because of that, we don't have to choose sin. Hence, he said, choose life. He said, there's going to be an option because without an option, there is no choice. And then he told us what to choose because he gave us the ability and the right to choose, which also comes with its accountability, its own accountability for what you choose. But absolutely, it's your choice. Just because the devil lays a snare before your feet doesn't mean you have to go, oh, no, there is a snare. Someone puts it there. I must fall in. No, if you choose to be ensnared, ensnared you will be. Plain and simple. That's why the Lord not only gave us the faculties to be able to choose, he gave us instruction to know what to choose. And he provided benefits to know why to choose the right thing. And he also said, here's the consequence. Should you choose wrong? He gave us all the way around everything we needed and everything we need to have life and victory. And we cannot be upset with the Lord for the choices that we make. Yes. Anyone who loves deception will be deceived. Anyone who is enticing a snare in their heart, they will, they will, are they entertaining a snare, sin or things of that nature? They will fall into it as soon as they get the choice, as soon as they get the opportunity. And by fall into it, I mean enact it. Right, that gold had been dangling yes. in their ears the whole trip coming out of Egypt. Right, we just talked about the golden calf in the previous episode. It was there the entire time. And what they said was in their heart, they were gonna set up their own version of Egypt. They didn't want anybody else to be over them and be they didn't want to be slaves to anybody. They wanted to fulfill the role that their owners, their previous slave drivers had been occupying. They looked at what Egypt had, they desired it. They said, mm, that's pretty good. I think I'll do that as soon as I get the chance. Right? And yes, how do you right. know that that's the case? Because that's what's came, what came out of their heart. The moment it seemed to them that God was not watching. And they put all that vested effort into Moses as God. And so as soon as he's not looking at us, we're out of here. We're going to cut up. And do what, exactly what's in our heart to do, right? It's just like when little kids, when their parents say, hey, you guys do the chores and then, you know, get in the bed and take a nap after you eat lunch. And the little kids go, they hear the door click of mom and dad going away. They hear the door lock behind mom and dad and they wait a couple seconds for their feet to go away and the car to start up and drive away. And They look they, out the window and they watch them. Oh, uh-huh. They, oh, they wait quietly. And then as soon as they are like, it's all clear. As soon as they think no one's watching and they're by themselves, what do they do? Tell Act me, up. Huh? Act up. They do exactly what they had been waiting to do the entire time, but they couldn't because their parents were watching. Do you know anything about that? 
I don't. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell the truth Tell, and shame the devil. Amen. Do you know anything about that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I know about a kid that did it next door. I'm just kidding. No. Mm. Of course you do. And guess how I know you know. Not only did I catch you, but I did the same things myself because that's what sin nature looks like. No matter male, female, no matter your ethnicity, no matter what era you were born in, the sin, sin nature looks the same in everyone. And it will produce the same thing unless that person decides that they are no longer going to be subject to sin nature and instead are going to choose Christ day in and day out. Choose God day after day and restrain themselves. Well, which child says she talked to... Oh, I'm sorry. Were you still speaking? I was. <laughs> Go ahead, LaCharles. Well, as I was saying that, it goes back to what you said inside the previous episode, Leland, where he says, make the choice today. We have to make the choice on the condition of our heart. The Lord's not going to make the choice for us. Mm-hmm. In the parable of the sower, it didn't say he pulled out his plow and made sure this ground was tender. He took all the rocks out. No, it was up to the people who received it to prepare the ground for them for the seed to go into and that's something that's very important for us that as soon as we make the choice today to be have a good heart towards the lord and to be um focusing on him instead of what we think we can get away with Mm -hmm. and what the opportunity looks like is presenting to us then Mm -hmm. we'll actually be able to move forward that's something um interesting about the rich fool that's how they call how it's described he was already planning that as soon as he got the opportunity he was on it mm-hmm. we he already knew he said i laid up many goods for this moment essentially that's what he said mm-hmm. i i've been i've been saving all my life just to have this one opportunity and that's how we try to live our lives we think i'm gonna sin all my life and then i'm i'm gonna do this at the end and then that that's just gonna be the end of it or the opposite side goes i'm gonna follow god for now but as soon as I get the opportunity, I'm going to go in and do this, um, this wretched thing whatever right it here. Is. Right. Yeah, whatever it is, I'm going to enact in the sin and engage in the sin. I'm going to follow God for and, now. And by whatever it is, I mean, whatever it is, it's in opposition to the Lord and what he said. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow God for now, right? Didn't they follow God out of, didn't the children of Israel follow God out of Egypt? Yes. yes. They, fire, they followed that pillar in that cloud? Huh? Yes. Uh huh. They followed him for a little bit, walking around in circles with, with all the gold and all these things. That, and I mean, right? literally, walk behind it. Yes. And underneath it, did they follow? Yes. Their hearts weren't with him, but their bodies were following. And as soon as the prime time came, they felt like nobody's looking. We've got this gold. We've been marching, marching around with it. Now's the time, and the time is now. Let's get. Right, and they went on to build that. Ca- they had a whole plan laid out. Well, it was they didn't better to be under that pillar it. of cloud than under that pillar of whips, right? That they was didn't... whacking their back. No, incessantly. No, in Egypt, I mean, they they would have rather been under the pillar of cloud, right? One's better than the other, but then they weren't fully with the Lord. And what it's called is biding their time. Mm-hmm. They bided their time until it felt like, okay, now I can do it, and. The, the point of this is not to go, oh, look how flawed they are and we're so much better. No, because if you, if you listened, the sin nature looks the same in everyone. And unless we change our hearts and then we keep our heart at guard, right? 
Yes, yes, mommy. And we till the soil, as you said, and keep our hearts tender towards God and focused on him from a perspective of we want you in our life, God. We want to go your way. We want to do what's pleasing in your sight because you're precious to us. And we know that not only literally are you the true and living God, but you are worthy of my praise. You're worthy of my adoration and my obedience. You have earned the right to have it. It belongs to you. And I willingly give this to you because I love you. Unless we have that perspective, we're always going to look like I'm just biding my time. I'm going to, I'm going to serve you Lord until I get elevated to this position. And then I'm going to go into adultery. I'm going to bide my time because adultery has been in my heart the entire time. Where did he say adultery started? In In the the heart. heart. Okay. I'm going to bide my time until my, my brother trusts me. And then as soon as he's not looking, I'm plunging this knife in his back. Because I remember when you stole my, my, my dog back there or, or whatever it is, right? Where does murder start? In the heart. The outside is just looking for waiting for that prime moment that the inside thinks he can get away with it. But the inside has been carrying it the entire time. So the reason that they struggled is that Egypt was in their heart and they brought Egypt with them. God brought them out, but they brought Egypt out with them fully hoping to enact it at a later time to set up their own kingdom, just like what the Egyptians were doing, except they would be the oppressors and not the oppressees. How do you know this? What did they have in Egypt? A galore? What did they worship? Idols. And what kind of idols? Those statues were made of what? Gold. Gold, stone, and in the Pharaoh's palace, they were gold. Mm -hmm. Outside where everybody could see them to weather the elements, they were stone. So they just waited and they're like, ooh, God is blessing me so I can get all this and do wicked with. That's a misunderstanding of who God is. He never gives us anything so we can be wicked with it. So promise? No, wait, no. (laughs) You can speak now, promise. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, first the Lord, to build on what you had said, the Lord brought me a verse earlier to verse 11. Where it says, so I sworn my wrath that they will not enter my rest. And I would like to ask a very brief question. Why did he say that? Did he say what? That, why did it say, he swore, so I swore my wrath that, I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Tell us why, honey. Um, sorry, my question. I didn't <gasps> phrase it correctly. <laughs> okay, come why on. Why weren't they... Why are they unable to enter into God's rest? That's what I meant to ask. Okay, because they did not mix faith with the word of God that was preached Mm -hmm. to them. Because the kingdom operates by faith. That's the currency, which is what we talked about in a previous episode. Is that right? Yes. And also, Mama, you talked about how that when they left Egypt, they brought Egypt with them. Mm -hmm. And because they carried that with them throughout their entire journey through the wilderness... God wasn't able to bring them into his promise because that, that's how their mindset was. Um, I believe a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how that they got exactly what their mouths had said. And they said that they're going to die in their wilderness. Mm-hmm. And that was their constant confession. And that is exactly what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And so because they had that confession, God wasn't able to bless them because that was that is what was constantly in their mind. They weren't thinking about whether or not God will bring them into the promised land. They were thinking about all the ways that God will try to kill them, which he wasn't trying to. 
And so as a result, no matter how many times God tried to bring them in, their own mindset wouldn't allow them to come in. And then I'd like to bring us quickly to Revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me flip there. Revelation 21, 27. Mm-hmm. But there shall be... But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Mm-hmm. We can see here that that those it's all about the mindset. This promised land is I'm not gonna say it is heaven, but that's the purpose it was similar a, a type in shadow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To heaven. And because they weren't willing to be obedient to God and actually fix their mindset, because we know once they fix their mindset, the rest of their actions will align with it. Because of that... Once they fix their heart. It first starts in the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth proceeds. What's in someone's heart is what they will dwell on and think about often. Amen. And there has to be agreement on the inside of any Mm -hmm. person... We are a three-part being. We are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. But for us to um, renew the mind, which is a part of our soul, there has to be agreement. And so there is a mind change that also has to go along with the heart, the soul of man that actually, or the spirit of man that actually wants to do the will of God. So the mind does have to come along with it. But it's first, there has to be a decision or a love for God that comes out of that and then a willingness to change one's mind and mindset. So absolutely. Can you read um, Revelation 22, verse 15? Actually, read 14 and 15 of Revelation 22. And then get back to what you were saying. Uh, where is it? Yes. Oh, sorry, that's 21. Okay. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and many enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. That last part, whoever loves and practices a lie. That's about their internal condition. Right? Yes. Whoever loves it. Who sees value in a lie. Right? So you're talking about changing the way we see and what we place value on in our lives. Right? Yes. Okay. Go ahead with your thought, honey. And how the way... The way God wants us to change his mindset, it's not by just meditating on while it is a way. God wants us first to know him. Mm-hmm. Flipping back to Hebrews, it's Hebrews 10, it says, They have not known my ways, which is talking about they did not know the Lord truly. They're only looking for the blessings, and they weren't looking for the reasons why he was blessing them or the reasons why he was able to. And so as a result, they weren't able to fully comprehend what God was doing at the moment. And only when we, not that we fully have to understand everything that God is doing, but once we set our hearts and our mind to understand what God is doing, only then can God fully bring us into his rest. 
sorry, we see with David talk with the master of Bathsheba how only that once he fully understood in his mind what he had to do, he wasn't able to repent. And once he, sorry, when he didn't, when he didn't actually verbalize it, when he didn't verbalize it, and when he didn't say it in his heart, he, he wasn't repenting at that moment. Mm-hmm. The same applies to us. It's not just mental practice. It's also verbal. Amen. Did you finish your thought? Yes. Okay. Amen. We do need to change our, our heart and our mind mm-hmm. towards the Lord and the things of the Lord, mm-hmm. particularly his, his word, right? He says often, right, about, well, actually, you just brought this up uh, between yourself, promise, and you, honey, honey, mm-hmm. about understanding the Lord and his ways. There's scripture that's, that he says very plainly, today is the day of your salvation. Actually, it's in it's multiple places in scripture. Right, 2 Corinthians 6.2. Says, for he says, In the time of favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the time of favor, now is the day of salvation. He says it in Isaiah 49 8, right? And, and and multiple other places. When does the Lord provide anything in our lives? Before we have need of it. Before we even know we have need of it, it's provided. So what was the Lord providing in his salvation? How was that being provided? First with his word. He spoke to them. He told them, commanded them what to say and what to do, how to live before him. Who who finds themselves in, in trouble, in a trap? They're already trapped. Someone comes along and says, hey, I'm here to save you. And you dismiss that person and say, oh, can you come back at a later time? I'm not ready to be saved yet. I'm not ready to get released from or freed from this trap. Who, who does that? No one who truly wants to be free. No one in their right mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or who truly wants to be free. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's understand that. The Lord gave, even in the garden, Adam and woman, everything they needed, all the instruction that they needed before the trap was set, right? Yes. But then they found themselves entrapped, ensnared. Just like the children of Israel in the wilderness. And then wanted to be delivered or set free, not so much from in their personal lives, and I say it spiritually. They wanted to be set free and delivered from the outcome the consequences, but that's a carnal way to approach things. Where the Lord is saying in this, today's a day of your salvation. I've already given you what you need. He gave you his word. Put your faith, your hope, your trust in him. And then, yes, he also redeemed us from death, sin, and the curse on the cross. Yes. Okay, let's understand both those things. But he already gave it. He already set us free. He already delivered us. We have salvation through him. Before we even knew we had need of it. It was already provided. He's the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. 
not after the earth was created. So let's understand the Lord completely, right? Let's change our heart and our mind towards him. Yes. And let's not delay. Let's receive his salvation today while it's still called today. And, and the Apostle Paul makes this point. He's bringing this up even to his, well, again, he's addressing the Jews of the day as well as the whole world, right? But he's specifically writing to his brethren and say, hey, sin looks, as you brought up, honey, honey, sin looks the same in everyone. And by everyone, I mean every individual person, with every culture, every ethnicity, every mm-hmm. society. It looks the same across the board. Every time period. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, let's receive what the Lord has provided today. And that's what he's telling his, his brethren, his countrymen. He's saying, hey, this was already provided. Let's, re- let's not delay. Let's receive it today. And he is walking them through all these various examples from people and time periods that they hold in such high esteem. You're saying it's the same then, or the same now as it was then. So let's understand that. Yes, Dan. Amen. Well, with that, we'll let the Holy Spirit minister to you as you meditate on that. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close this out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for the word that you've spoken to us today, Lord. And we choose to mix our faith with it, Lord, and to progress into what you have for us, Lord, to walk with you and to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness and your caring compassion, Lord, that you're merciful to generations upon generations, Lord, and that you're just, Lord, in your doings. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.